So hey fellas, we just had a consequential episode. Do you even remember why it was consequential? Roll a d20 and let I me know. A, I got an eight. Not one. Uh-oh. Oh, thank really? God, Chowder. Chowder? Really? <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, dude. I got a seven. Oh, thank Chowder's, God. I'm, I'm you, middle of pack. <laughs> I got a 17. Chowder is like single-handedly convincing me of the concept of dice jail without even trying. And the wild bit is like, when I rolled the dice, it got caught between like the wires that make up my microphone and my computer uh -huh. charger so that it's like right on the one. And I'm like, what the hell, man? It's inarguable. So, what the hell? So it's fate. it's not cocked at all. It's like reinforced. Yeah, no, it's like fate was like, no, this is going to be a one. Oh, my God. That really sucks, dude. Well, I guess once again, you may regale us with the tales of, of what happened last time. All right. So there were like three crystals in the air and it has like the people in them. Uh, Morocco, <laughs> Janet and uh, Rebel Stormtrooper. For a leader fellow. No. <laughs> no. Sure. Copyright. And we were like, well, well, now what? Well, what if we like cast a spell into it? And then we cast a spell to it into it. And then we learned that we're in a bloodborne fight. Copyright. Can't air this now. Resident lawyer Patrick Brem. You know, we have to fight like this giant horrifying monstrosity that's like this fused amalgamation of the three people into like a giant fleshy gross thing that shoots out lasers much like a certain D&D &D monster that we have beheld in other games outside of this podcast I I wouldn't know what to call it I think we can Wake. call it that it's a, isn't it in the, the stuff it is yeah. it should be that's the one thing that you could have said <laughs> <laughs> alright sure anyway so then we like fought then we like fought the thing and then like you know when we dealt enough damage we get sent to like one of the timelines where we find like a person like doing mad science shit with like time magic and we're like please don't do this and then they're like no i'm gonna do it anyways and then they do it and then we end up back in the fight then we do it again like a few more times and then we eventually kill the thing and uh we finally like break the whole triple timeline superposition bullshit and we're like yeah but oh no these people are dying well I guess we only really felt bad for one one out of three of them, but, you know. And now that uh, we've finished the fight, ba, 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 ba. Lema has descended upon us going, yes, okay, we can talk about shit, let's go, and that's where we left off, I believe. That is exactly where we left off. There you are, all of you. <laughs> oh, hey, uh, you're away. <laughs> and that is what happened previously on Dice Popula. I forgot to say that. You have all solved the massive puzzle that was this triple timeline split on Arianor. And by solved, I don't mean we've resolved everything because you are in fact standing in the chamber, the sort of extra dimensional chamber with no exits and the three different realities rotating around you as if projected on a backdrop. This is where you stand, the executed triplet remains of the time-locked abomination made of Masak, Yanis, and Fenwick. The three of them each had their own reasons for trying to harness the power of time the way Strauss did. You got to learn a little bit about that over the course of the adventure and even more during the fight. And it took unraveling that mystery to allow Lema to assert herself. And you finally see this goddess in as close to the flesh as I suppose you can get. This is not an apparition. 
this is the most tangible version of this god anybody has ever encountered. And she says, there you are, all of you, a family again. Words that you have heard echoed throughout your respective lives, except maybe Jetta, because I'm good at planning. The four of you stand there as Lema gazes upon all of you, and her face is a strange mixture of things, and I mean that in multiple ways. Because on one hand, she looks conflicted, happy to see you, distraught by the circumstance. But there's even more than that, as she flickers, much as the corrupted town did upon your arrival back on Arianor. The superposition still exists, and it is coming from her, which I would suppose makes sense since she seems to be the person or entity enabling this split of time. Her words hang in the air. Do any of you speak up? Um, nice to meet you. Who, who are you? It is nice to see you. She puzzles and then fishes for a word in her mind before smiling and saying, again, it is nice to see you again. I am Lema. I've been hailed by the people of this island as a goddess of time, but to be honest, I believe I am just now coming to terms with this particular moniker. I am glad that you all heard my calls. I don't know why it took you so long to get here. And she says that with a sense of teasing as she looks across all of you. And the more she talks and sort of stops and thinks about her words, the more she seems disoriented, which I mean, maybe not what you're hoping to hear from the person at the source of this whole thing. But that's what she says. So, is the timeline gonna be okay? Did we, like, make it normal again? She ponders and looks around at the three different realities that are visible uh, the outside of this extra-dimensional orb. The sunset, the windy midnight, and the rainy midday. And she says, the timeline is never okay, but it is what it is. And I suppose this makes more sense than anything else. And, um, and you can tell she's not trying to speak in riddles, but is instead trying to find the words for what she's saying. Why did you bring us here? She looks at you, Colt, and smiles. I haven't brought you anywhere. I did ask for your help because I believe I am coming to a realization and I need the perspective of others to achieve it. And she looks down at the three different bodies lying on the ground and her face kind of turns dour for a little bit. This was not my doing, but I can't help and think that it will be my fault. I am glad that you decide to help me. Decided to help me. Well, we're here. Was, was our only necessary doing to stop this superposition, or do you need something else of us? Call, call. We're, we're here for a reason. Like, Lema, you, you probably already know this, but you are one-third of a bigger god. Like, we're, we're here because we want to unite you with Seraphina and Galgat, and, and, like, bring you together and create, recreate a, 
What's his name? Uh, Maeve, you would know that he's talking about, that she's talking about Asmagath. Asmagath, yes. Asmagath, yes, yes. Asmagath. We, we can bring, we can bring back Asmagath, and then we can have, like, Asmagath fix everything. We can have Asmagath, like, uh, uh, get rid of the walls around my island. We can get, have Asmagath finally deal with the mate lords. It's a, it's a, it's great that we, we're here. We're face to face. Yes. At the mention of the other two siblings and Asmagath, she scrunches her face, knowing what you're talking about, recognizing, trying to yes and the conversation, but once again, tripping up. And after a, a, a lengthy pause, she speaks with a bit more of a flow than she... The, the pieces of Asmagath were split. That's right, I am one of them. The rain over time, this does explain the fealty of those here on Arianor. I miss myself dearly and would very much like to see them once again, but I do not know. She catches herself and returns to cult. Superposition is an interesting word. It seems to be below myself and far above you, and it is the best way to describe this, she gestures out at the three different timelines around you. As Magath and myself, we see time as this, always. My position is super to you, so your position must be small. <laughs> I'm gonna have you know that Ryan, as the one that actually knows the, the, <laughs> the definitions of these things, is screaming internally. <laughs> This is a person who is struggling to communicate, slowly picking up speed, but not necessarily achieving full clarity. At seeing your puzzled face sort of like react negatively to this, she says, please do not infer any connotations from my words. I merely wish to relay to you that there is no need to solve a superposition from the viewpoint of someone like myself. It is only for the lives of those who cannot live forever that this matters. Many positions, many times can be a danger. This flow, gesturing again at the sphere, always exists and always will, but it is the manipulation, it is the, the, the hurting of this, of this way for you that is a danger. And she, she, she trips over her words again uh, and looks at you, hoping that maybe you'll, you'll say something else to bridge the gap further, um, but is just sort of like scanning your faces as she, as she continues to uh, muddy her way through this. But is essentially saying, like, I didn't know that the superposition was a problem. So for you, living out multiple timelines is just your average. Tuesday, and I gotta say, that's probably must be a confusing way to live, but, uh... <clears throat> I have never been confused of my own existence, but rather yours. You are a curiosity. I know that I am about to scream, and you are the only ones that will listen. And that warms my heart to know that you are here because of what I am about to do. 
and she begins to smile again. Now the words pick up speed yet again. This reality, these three worlds surrounding us are the result of actions that I chose to explore. After your last visit to this island, I chose to examine how its people would react. The distress caught my attention. It seems as though I took on too much weight and their attacks together. I don't know what this feeling is, but this is the realization to which I am arriving. So all of these things happened just in different places in time, but they all still happened to you? Even though Yanis, Masak, Fenwick, in your point of view, could never have met, all of their efforts managed to touch me through time all the same. And it was too heavy. Ooh, ooh, wait, I, I think I get this. Okay, okay. Masak, Yanis, and Fenwick, they're like tinkering with time. It didn't happen in the same timeline. They were all doing it from different timelines, but like they just happened to be doing it at the same time. And thus you got hit by all three at the same time. And that's why from our perspective, all this insanity was happening. Is that right? Am I, am I onto something? Go. Her face lights up like it hasn't this entire time as you are helping her find the words for this. The schism that led me to the separation from myself, from my brother, my sister, left a trail of silver blood across the land. And it doesn't seem to matter when, but if anybody touches it, I feel it. I feel my first death just as I feel you now. And she is, even though these are the words that she's saying, she is nodding vigorously to confirm that your hypothesis feels true to her and that it was several different actions across different timelines that could only have affected her that have led to this situation. Well, now that we've, I think, settled the issue, would you come with us? Would you come with us? Would you unite with... Serafina and Galagath if we were to get you three together. She smiles and nods before slowing and her face goes fairly blank and she simply says I don't know. You don't know? Do you see past, present, and future all at the same time? And This is a dark spot for you or is this you do not know your fate like any other? Past and present. These are the tools you use to grow and to learn. You know what is past and what is present. I believe I do too, but I have always known the future. I wish to join you, but when I look at what comes next for the first time, I don't know. Well, there's only one way to find out. You'll just have to come with us then. She sort of nods and is still looking a little more concerned and puzzled, but tries to continue the conversation. Serafina and Galagath. I do not know these names, but I, I recognize their footprints. I recognize where they have gone. How do you plan to reunite us? Uh, well, we know where Galagath is. Uh... We just got to find Serafina, who... Haven't you guys met Serafina? I, I feel like you guys met Serafina. 
Yep, um, Feldrum. That that was where it was. It was a real uh, holly jolly experience, if you know what I mean. <laughs> no, I. I <coughs> no, I don't know what you mean, Maeve. Could you explain holly jolly? <laughs> um. Another time, <laughs> you little, you old Grinch, you. Oh my God! <laughs> um, I just also want to know, let everybody know I've been trying really hard not to make an everything everywhere all at once assertion in all of this. Yeah, there are so many opportunities in this conversation for that to happen. I appreciate your restraint. Okay, so yeah, at the mention of Serafina, she says, "I see them. I see where they are. How do we get to them?" We have a ship. We we have a tide pod. This means like nothing to her. She says, "The walls between us are so great. How can you stride through them if you can't even see the threads that led us here?" Once again, referring to the timelines. Does it seem like she's more of like a projection, I guess, and not a physically here type of dealy? Like I said, this is the most tangible experience anybody in this campaign has had with Lema. She seems very physically present. Colt's going to walk up. Mm -hmm. Colt's going to walk up. He's like, all you have to do is take my hand. We'll go together. She extends her hand towards you. Completely open palm. Well, that's not that. I high five. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, it, when you smack her hand, uh, it, it, it just like you it, you smack it straight down, and it just stays there. And she looks between her hand and between you, and she says, "I don't know what just happened." It was called a high five. <laughs> just take my hand. You, you can come with us. As she starts to close her fingers around yours, looking at you like, is this, is this what you mean? Like, awkwardly figuring it yes, out. Yes, yes. Um, you get to meet Jerry. Jerry's a wonderful soul. You'll get, you'll get along famously. As she's taking your hand, she says, I still, the walls, the walls between my brother and sister. Don't sweat, don't sweat it too much. Like, you're worried that you... How will we proceed if we don't know what comes next? And, well, for us, that's just Tuesday. All we can really answer is put one foot in front of the other and wing it from there. Yes, family reunions are always difficult. The last time I saw my father, it was a bloodbath. Um, <laughs> she, she, she winces with a, with, a, with a slight bit nice. of recollection, having spoken to you just after that. She, she looks around and, and she says, I, I don't know that you understand the, the walls. If I... We'll find a temporal ladder. She keeps saying the word walls, but when the word wall doesn't stick with any of you, Jetta, please How do I think of it? Wall would also describe the thing around my island. You're the only one who refers to the tears as the walls. When, she, you, when you say the thing around my island, she says, you may have found a way through the cracks between those walls, but they are more than that to me. I see through it like a window, but I cannot open it. I would like everybody to roll insight, actually. Let's do this fucking thing. Man, making us roll dice and D&D. D. Plus or minus something. I got a 10. Plus one. I got a 19 total. Insight. I have a 17 plus 5. 22. 18 plus something. I should have my sheet in front of me. When she reacts to the description of the wall like this and says that she that it's impossible for her to pass through, Maeve, 
you have maybe more than anyone vocalized concern over what the tears are and how to navigate them. And I think that for the first time, you're receiving some confirmation that the tears were not caused by Asmagath or anything to do with the splitting of Asmagath. And that what we saw in Nar Enyal and what we see with the tears are separate phenomena as Lema is expressing a sense of fear and concern and uncertainty about this. Where she's confused with her speech with everything else, she is adamant that this is something that is dangerous to her and that she does not have any control over. Um, so the, all, like, the tears and then the, the different timelines and all that, that's, that's not you? She shakes her head. There are more powers than my own and my kind. To interact with the many flows of time is not something I alone may do. Perhaps I am better at it than most, but these wars over timelines that the, and things start to click into place, that the Emperor sought to enforce upon us, this is but one kind of invisible war that has been going on since time began. Those tears, now copying your word for the phenomena, are from a different power entirely, I believe, to stop the madness that my first death begat. I can see through it like a window, but it is meant not to keep you away, but to keep me, and maybe the rest of me, where we are. There is uh, not an urgency, but a, a, a deep seriousness to what she's saying. Um, well, that's a... Uh... <laughs> That's, uh, that's kind of shocking, I guess. Um, Who put these terrors in place? Azagar? She shakes her head and she's back to a, uh, an expression of confusion. And, and even though she's confused, a, a smile cracks because she's finally finding words for, for what she's trying to say. When I was broken, when he was broken and I was born, I lost many parts of myself. I'm grateful that you found what's left, and she gestures to the silver fountain behind her. Um, and if you look at the silver fountain, you notice that flecks of the liquid are starting to turn pink, like the crystals, and it is a very slow transition from silver to pink as she talks. She looks back at you, Maeve, and says, I don't know where they came from. Perhaps someone does, but if you are to reunite anybody, I believe that will be the most important question to answer. Hmm. Um, okay, cool. How do, <laughs> how do we get out of here? She looks around the timelines and, she, and kind of has a face like, uh, it's obvious. And she says, you must choose. Um. <laughs> at the stunned silence in the room, she looks around at the timelines and says, I told you, I don't know. What's next? And, aha, I believe I understand. Her smile becomes a little more somber before she looks down and she says, there is a linearity to your lives that I could not understand. Yes. Until now. Exactly. I believe because even though I do not see the lines 
and the threads like you, I may still be bound by them. And the only, the only thread left to tie off is myself. When I say I don't know what comes next, I don't mean to convey confusion or uncertainty, but rather impossibility. I know everything from every moment I have lived, but I have not known linearity. When, when she says, I know everything, uh, Maeve gives a quick half look at Cult. <laughs> <laughs> I do wish to go with you, but this burden may be heavier than I realize, because at least at most now I understand there is nothing next for me. If there were, I would see it. How strange it would be, and how strange it is for me, that the only way to understand how long you've lived is to finally die. Oh, I see. By combining you three together, that is the end for you, Lema. Because th- to begin Asmagath again means to basically end Lema, Seraphina, and Galgath in a sense because they're not gonna be here anymore. Oh boy. I believe it may be sooner than that. And she's now speaking with a clarity and a flow that she hasn't had up this uh, until now. There is a perception among your kind that mine are exalted. But we can be wounded and we can be killed, which is why the Emperor tried in the first place. So are you now saying that someone is trying to kill you? I believe that the three of them already have, and we are just now arriving at that point. Come again now? She's been saying this whole time that she experiences time all at once, and that she didn't understand linearity until right now. Her grasp of verbal tense is, is getting clearer, her speech is getting faster, and all of this comes to a head as she says, that is the realization. I am dying. And she smiles, not because she's dying, but because she understands it. Uh, uh, but we stopped. We, I thought we got here in time. I thought we stopped. Healing word. <laughs> I don't blame you for not understanding because without speaking to you, I wouldn't have understood it myself. But it is, it is what's next as she communicates her imminent death to you. Like, are we talking right now, or in the near future, or in the distant future? I think they're saying that it's already happened. There's nothing that can stop it. There's, there's nothing that we can do anymore, that it's, it's inevitable. The most you can do, Mr. Locke, is to choose. As I said, anybody with the power can control the flow of time. It seems we've all seen what happens when you don't have the power, the fortitude, the heart. Terrible things may happen. But in my absence, there will be another Strauss, another Yanis, another Kaiser. I can't make this choice. This is the threshold of what is to come next. And I'm afraid, at least right now, the choice falls to you. And those of you that have been paying attention have noticed that the fountain has slowed to a crawl. The base is nearly flooded with pink crystals as the flecks at the top slowly flutter down and it comes 
closer and closer to a halt. She she looks again out at the three timelines rotating around you. I can't see any further because this is the end of my particular road. The fact that you are outside of time may explain why this is possible, but this is what she's saying. I mean, if we have to choose a timeline, I think we should choose the one where the major lord dies, if, if I'm being honest. I, yeah, 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 shit, man. What do we, what do we do if we don't have all, if we don't have all three of you guys? Ah, oh, shit, man. Well, one god's death led to three, perhaps more gods will rise. I should warn you, Mr. Cults, that if you do make choices with time solely based on your own desires and your own curiosities, the consequences may be greater than you expect. She gestures at the mutilated bodies on the floor and says, I am perhaps the best example of this folly. If I hadn't been so curious, would I have begun a crisis that cost me my life? You asked me to choose of three timelines where two friends die and one enemy dies, which is an obvious choice. A choice for the individual. But can you make a choice for the world? I'm dying because I... I made a choice. I don't know if it was correct, but these are the consequences. I, uh, take out a piece of paper and a pen and start like... And I put on two ends of the paper. Pros, cons. I think we're going to need to think about this uh, on, like, each um, timeline. I don't... I, I think Colt already said everything that we need to discuss. That it, it seems pretty obvious. I mean, without knowing the inherent complexities of the weave of time and space, there is no difference for the three, except in one, an enemy is dead and two friends live. You seem confused. Concerned? I can shed light on what has happened up till now. I know you must have been as disoriented navigating this problem as I was. We both came at it with only half a perspective. Listen, I got out of the wall because I wanted solutions. I wanted to, oops, I wanted to free, free everybody. I wanted to meet others like me, you know? I wanted to meet my homeland. I wanted to... I wanted something more than the very limited choices we had, and I'm being told that, like, the long shot we had might not be here anymore because you are dead, have died, are dying, question mark, probably all three at once, I'm guessing. <laughs> it's very tiny, why me? Lema looks at you with the empathy of someone trying to console another person, but is thoroughly unskilled in this department, never having had a real conversation before. Jeddah, I see that you are not alone or the only one of your particular kind. And if you have lost the sense of purpose, trust that you are not alone. But I am only the most recent entity to help protect the flow of time. I am sorry that I cannot guarantee you will find what you need at the end of your particular journey. I certainly didn't find what I wanted. But that is not to say there is no hope. I believe that with the proper stewards, the rest of this world can be safe. If I had all the answers, I would have done it myself. But I did my best between these two walls. Who's to say you couldn't do any better? Right. 
the slowing of the fountain comes to a silence as only a few drops trickle down the fountain. And Lema extends her hand out to Maeve, whom she has already identified as the most perceptive of, of the four of you in this particular instance. And I'm just calling. Ugh, really? I'm just, call, I'm just calling back to the insight roll. That that's mechanical thing. And as she extends it, the crystals begin to protrude from the fountain, roughly in the shape of an arm, almost like a crystalline tendril. Um, and it is the same kind of pink crystal that you've had uh, in your pocket since Nar and Eyal. Uh, there is a clear connection here, as the silver blood of the gods, uh, perhaps when they die, perhaps when they leave, crystallizes into these pink crystals. And these are the conduits with which you have been navigating time now that you've seen the transition from Silver Fountain to Pink Crystal. It hardens and uh, and sits in front of you, gleaming, reflecting the light of the three different timelines. And she says, I hope I have given you more answers than questions. That there is not just some mysterious spirit controlling everything around you, but just more people trying their best to live their lives and to be happy, if nothing else. I hope I've given you perspective or tools to reach that happiness yourselves. You only have to make a choice because that is how the threads of time work. There is no agenda here. And when I question your motivations, it is purely out of curiosity and maybe out of regret. But if I can go no further, I would like to see that you can carry on after me a long, long while. The three timelines rotating around you at the same time as the fountain spin to a complete hall as Lema's body slowly begins to recede into the fountain. I say to the others, I think time's up. Let's, let's go. Let's go to the timeline we seem to be in agreement on. Well, I don't want to choose for everybody. Yeah. Which, which would you prefer, Jeddah? I think I follow the logic of you guys. I think I'll, um, my vote goes to that one. The, the one where... I have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, this crystal arm mm-hmm. that's kind of left over. Mm-hmm. Can I pick it up? Mm. Describe your action. Um, I go over to the crystal arm, and I assume it like I'm kind of picturing that it has like its uh like uh, its hand kind of reaching out a bit, and Maeve wants to kind of fit her hand into kind of give it like a like a high five, but. <laughs> Keep her hand there. You go. So it's like holding hands, but you not go really. for the high five, <laughs> and you get turkey. No, you go for the high five. <laughs> Skidoobie. Skidoobie. You go for the high five, and uh, when your hand touches the crystal, it seems to clasp around yours as the gesture of holding uh-huh. hands is completed. It is gentle, but the crystals wrap around you and ultimately lose. Any, no, lose any fluidity that remained from the fountain. You feel the same kind of sensation you felt every time that you stepped through a portal, every time that you cast a spell to transport from one timeline, from one universe to another, um, but you're not actually moving. This is the raw power 
of a goddess like Lema. To have the ability to cross timelines, you now recognize it less as like a, a an all-consuming whoosh that overwhelms your senses, but instead as a perspective through which to view time. And it crystal hand around yours detaches from the arm and now rests in your own hand. A piece of Lema <laughs> gifted directly to you. Oh God, it took the arm, the arm, it just like fell off. Ah. I, I definitely want it to be there to be like a loud, like chink. As it like it just kind of like pops off and then it's just like the fountain screams ah oh, my fucking head and then it's just maybe like ah 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 she's like waving her hand around while the crystal is like stuck to it she's like ah get it off get it off get it off you guys all see this Maeve has a, a little pink hand attached to her own and she is freaking out I killed Lema I killed Lema oh god no she's already dead so you couldn't kill her. Unless you can kill someone twice. Ah! If she was a god, you could maybe super kill her. <laughs> uh, but no, I think it's just uh, you, you, just, you just got a little keepsake. I'm going to try and help the hand out of... It's probably more like a like hand in a pickle jar type scenario where you're panicking. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> than anything yeah. else. So I'm going to like try and help you with it. But okay. I want a pickle. <laughs> Cult does attempt to, to help your hand out of it, uh, Maeve. I okay. don't know how this calls you. He's successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'll, uh, once he helps, like, you know, he kind of, like, pulls the the crystal hand off of my own. Mm -hmm. And Maeve will kind of, like, look at her hand, just kind of slowly calm down, but still, like, freaked out. I'll give it back to Maeve. She's like, you no, should keep this. No, no, please. You can, you can hang on to it. We zoom in on Colt's mouth and he says, share the load. Share the load. <laughs> um, Sorry. Uh, okay. I'll, you know, I don't know if now is the time and place for it, but when I get a chance, I'll do a little identify on it and see what it Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Um, are, are you sure you're not going to turn it into like a back scratcher or something? <laughs> There is mm, I, I there's a part of me that wants to like replace Jerry's hand with it, but we'll get oh. to that when we get there. <laughs> He's have the right hand of a god. So are you are you casting identify or ritual casting? <laughs> I was thinking that I would do that after we choose yeah. the timeline. Okay. I, I didn't okay, think okay, like no, no stopping problem, no problem. stopping for ten minutes and like zoning out would be appropriate. That makes sense. Um okay, so you now have the what was intended as maybe a kind farewell gesture from Lema, but turned out to be the most creepazoid fucking thing she could have done. <laughs> and you stand there with the three timelines finally stopped around you as the void settles. And whether or not this is what you signed up for, time awaits your decision. Well, time, time to go, guys. Are we, are we choosing dead Major Lord timeline? I mean, unless anybody has any Wait. reasonable reason to choose a different Wait, one in a timeline where or uh the major lord did his thing and then died would that have had other effects like what is tickering in time would have caused other things right like well, i feel like all of them would have done something that would have changed the timeline going yeah forward. yeah but like but but like if a major lord changed the time or made changes it would be pretty bad versus if the other two made changes it might be in our benefit so thinking thinking back to the specific timelines that we went through and journeyed through and fought in mm -hmm. did the mate the one where the mage lord died did that one seem to be in any way worse than the other are you still holding the hand 
Uh, yeah. Okay, and and you're the one thinking these thoughts. Sure, I'm thinking thoughts. Yeah, I'm always just thinking thoughts. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just don't want to step out. Cult isn't a dead brain. I don't want to make any assumptions <laughs> uh, and like inject my own side of things. But basically, you're holding the hand, and as you start having these thoughts about like, oh shit, maybe Jed is right. What actually happened? You look around, and as the hand pulses in yours, almost like the other crystals tend to vibrate when activated, you look through the midnight timeline that you know to be the one in which Masak was con- uh, was casting the spell, and you are able to, I guess for lack of a better word, scrub through the events of the loop. And with this crystal in your hand, uh, are able to look across that giant curved screen that stretches from the ceiling to the floor and get a sense of what happened during this midnight timeline. And since you last left Arianor, it seems as though the... Uh, the, the natives had a reason to be upset. The mage lords did, in fact, drive them out despite an attempt at good faith. Your instinct to stop the mage lords was dead on. Fucking called and it. That there, and that <laughs> by driving them out, they created several skirmishes. Although it ended with Fenwick losing his own life due to the casting, he's not the only one. You are able to see through the battles that many villagers lost their lives, that there are people that you recognize, including Lori, who were caught in the crossfire, and if you choose this timeline, won't be around anymore. And this is the dead Mage Lord timeline. This is the dead Mage Lord timeline. The natives were cast out, battles ensued, Lori was killed, and so were many other villagers that neither Matt or I have cared to name. Uh, all right, so I've got a bit of a brainwave. Brett? It seems like things got pretty dark in this timeline. Uh, a lot of people died, including Lori. Oh, although I, didn't I meet Lori in that timeline? You met Cordell in this timeline at midnight. He didn't mention anything about his dead wife. Sure very didn't, rude of him. Didn't say anything about Lori at all. Only mentioned his sleeping son. I'll get my little remote control. <laughs> And I guess I will flip through the events of the other two timelines to try and figure out which one, I guess, is the least icky. Everybody else, although you don't have the same connection to the hand as Cult, you are seeing some of these images fly across the screen in front of you. So you also gather vaguely what Cult is seeing. And when he turns his attention to the rainy timeline, you see Masak trying to lead incursions against the town. Uh, His last effort was clearly to cast the spell costing his own life, but his choices ultimately were similar to that of Fenwick in his timeline. Attack after attack, causing death after death. And in this one, you notice that it was Byron who lost his life, among several other people caught in the crossfire as they set fire to the keep, to the surrounding fields, and the town. Oh, that one's a rough one. Child death, usually not a positive. Put that in the con column. <laughs> I, uh, I put that in the con column. You, uh, you put dead kid, all caps, in the con column. May or may not still be wet. May or may not be dead wet child. <laughs> you look at the final of the three timelines, and as you glance your eyes back and forth across the threads of time, you don't see conflict, but instead reclusion. As Yanis disappeared into her castle, the mage lords and the natives retreated out of fear, and what was left was an island with nobody left to lead it. 
This is where you saw the long bread lines at the bread stand. This is where you see the lack of trade, where had you gone to the docks, you would have seen Cordell could not have taken you all the way to the, uh, all the, way to the native encampment because things are closing down. So though it's free of violence, the fear in the leaders has led to a decline in quality of life across the board. And though nobody is dead yet, it's only a matter of time. We could go here, and then we could kill a mage lord, and then everybody will be happy. I mean, honestly, like, look at all the other timelines. We could, we can okay, do this. Yeah, not sure if I'd work with that wording, but yeah, no, checks out. Wait, who died? Listen, who, the dead? Who died in this timeline? Is Lori? No, wait, no, not Lori. There was somebody died in this timeline. The sunset timeline is where you and Maeve talk to Lori over and over again. Um, well, which which of the main three died in this one though? I'm blanking. Yanis beefed it, for sure. Yeah, Yanis. Well, she'll serve a greater purpose. We could, her sacrifice would lead to a greater uh, savior of people. Listen, the dead don't come back. But, like, people who've uh, lost hope, hope can be regained. So, knowing what I know now, I think we need to go to the Yanis timeline. Are we all in agreement? Um, I think that's good. Yeah, okay. Bonus points. We can also kill the Mage Lord in this one. That'd be a fun little day trip. I'm glad you think that would only take a day. Oh, yeah. You know, we'd fly. You know, I could turn invisible. I can also, we could fly and be invisible. And then, like, we wait till he's sleeping. And then we just put a pillow over his face. And then just, he'll wiggle and he'll wiggle and he'll wiggle some more. And then he'll stop wiggling. And then we hold a little bit longer just to make sure there's no last wiggles. And then, da 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 da. And then, like, with, with this crystal hand, and he's going to do, like, a little da da. Well, best timeline ever. <laughs> We'll uh, write that down as maybe, but yeah, let's let's go to that timeline. That's my vote. I'm on board. Uh, yeah, I guess. If if we're gonna make people's lives worse, then we we should try to make that better later. We're trying to to stop the mage lords in this timeline to make the, it better. Also, the other timelines, people die. There's no making dead people better because. The dead don't come back. Except Jerry. Maeve, Maeve, the other timelines. People died. In this timeline, we get to kill. This is obviously a positive. We get to kill somebody who probably deserves it. A bad man. Yes. A bad let's man. Let's just let's clarify that. I mean, we, we don't necessarily be... have to kill him. I mean, we can. It depends on what we decide to do. But, like, killing is not requisite to going through this timeline. Just fine to point that out. I say... I say we set up a bit of a parade for him. You know, I set up a nice grassy knoll. And then perhaps we just let things happen. You want a John F. Kennedy him? You know, like, there's, I know that there is a library on the main drag through this town and a bit of a grassy knoll, a crest (laughs) from it. We could post up in certain positions on a sunny day as he comes through and skip, scap, scoodle. So you're implying multiple shooters here. (laughs) Where are we going to get the ice to make the bullets, cults? Come on. No, they're magic bullets. We don't use ice. (laughs) So Maeve's Maeve's point about the great power, great responsibility, apparently taken in stride as you plan your murders. Let me know. Murder. Let me know if slash when you all proceed. Let's go, but I think we're just as well walking away from not really killing anyone else. Like I said, killing is not requisite. It's not requisite, but it's it's a 
bonus. It's a bonus for some. We will we will reevaluate when we cross into this timeline and decide as a group, cult, mm-hmm. what the correct plan of action should be. And as long as we all agree it's murdering mage lords, everything should be fine. Let's proceed. <laughs> the four of you walk in lockstep, no pun intended, out of the superposition <laughs> towards the sunny timeline and cross through it, just as you did many other times in the void. There is no resistance as your feet touch the bustling roads of a sunset Arianor. The village is alive with energy. You see Lori making her way to the very long bread stand and notice the sullen faces around you just trying to get through the day. And any of you that still has a crystal or a goddess in your hand notices that any buzzing or energy in them has left. They are as inert as they were on the way here. It seems you haven't solved all the mysteries about navigating time, but you were able to make a choice. Level-headed, considerate, and it's landed you here. The dwindling, hungry town of Arianor is still beautiful and full of heart. What do you all do? Don't worry, fair townspeople. Your saviors are here. Everybody looks up at you for a second before kind of going along their way until you do hear one voice say, What? Cult? Is that you? Cult? Yes, it is I, Cult. And I'm going to, like, cock my my magic staff. <laughs> <laughs> like a shotgun shell Mate, ejects out of it. You've heard that particular <laughs> greeting to Cult maybe seven or eight times. <laughs> yeah. No, it was like 50. <laughs> she audibly rolls her eyes. Uh, you hear the slorping of Maeve's eyes. Uh, and Maeve, it is you, <laughs> it is you <laughs> to whom I'd like to turn my attention here. As you have stepped out of the great conundrum that befell Arianor and the ultimate act of Lema in bequeathing some sense of understanding unto you, you seem to hear another voice in your ear. Little one, come see me at Burger. Dennis, is that all I can- And then it cuts off. (laughs) 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 Looks like someone got message. Um... Nobody else heard that. Nobody else heard that. Yeah, J- Maeve, you just heard the uh, the indisputable voice of Captain Bottlebrew calling for you to meet him at Burger, and it seems he's a little too old to know how to work the spell phone. Um, hey guys, did did anybody else hear that? Nope. Nope. Um, I hear the sound of a revolution, Maeve. Well, I, I hear the sound of Bottlebrew. Um, he wants to get burgers with us, I think. Oh no, Burger Island. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, sounds like we should go to Burger Island then? I guess. Lori finally makes her way over to you and says, Oh my goodness, it's been so long. Mr. Locke, I haven't seen you in months. Oh, and you brought new friends. There's so much that's green. I feel like it's been eight churns days since I've seen you. Churns Yes, it's been quite a long time. Everybody here seems so sad, Lori. What is the matter? Well, we're hungry. Things haven't gone super great. Byron has had some great extracurricular activities lately. Swimming. But Bienis has haven't heard from her in a few days, so I don't know. I guess things things are fine. As she says in an unconvincing tone. Well, is there anything we could do to help in the short term? Maybe check up on Yanis. Make sure, uh... I guess I, I guess nobody has taken a look in the church. It does seem kind of like an oversight. Okay, um, 
there is a weird smell coming from the church for the last couple of days, but we just thought it was, you know, whatever. So talk to Cordell down at the docks. It's been a while since we received a shipment from Avaron, and I can... The maids lords won't do something. Maybe you can put in a good word for us on your travels. I assume you're not staying long. Only enough to kill the mage lords. Well, maybe don't do that. I, they they did kind of get us all our money and food. Let's put that off for now. I think meeting Bottle Brew at Burger Island and... Hey, we have a way of getting the people fed. Let's go to Avaron and get them to get off their asses, huh? Two plans. We also actually have a third one because uh, that guy, Tony, 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 uh, he, he wanted us to meet him too in a bit. So we got three things we got to do. Um, excuse me, uh, Lori, did you say Avaron? Oh, it's so lovely to meet you. Oh, you could be a little friend for Byron. Oh, so adorable. Yes, Avaron, it's the, the it's where we get most of our food shipments. Uh, we grow a lot of our produce locally, but we have never had a, a fantastic amount of meat sources. So things such as uh, gabagool and various sauces tend to come from the south parts of the Badlands. Oh well, I do have a modest proposal. You know, if there were to be, say, a lot of excess mage lord bodies in a lot of hungry no, mouths... we're not doing a cannibalism. And so... It's just a modest it's proposal. It's not modest a at modest all. One. Lori's face is so fucking aghast at the sentence you just uttered. She actually turns and runs away. Good, good job. Good job. Aberon, Gabakul. Jonathan Swift good. does it, and it's all <laughs> media commentary. But when I do it, it's monstrous. <laughs> um... Okay, so Maeve, after this, I presume that leading down the path, you walk into the sunset with your horrible friends arguing about the ethics of cannibalism, I whoa, guess, whoa, whoa, behind hold on, you. Hold on, I'm saying cannibalism is bad. Cult is the one that's such Yeah, a that's an argument between two different positions. But knowing that you have been summoned to Burger with three things on your itinerary, Arianor finally seems to disappear into the background behind you. You pass Cordell on your way to the docks. He nods at you in a friendly manner, uh, but doesn't really seem to have the energy to engage, even if he does recognize you. What form do you turn the friendship into? Do you do a submarine? Do you do the bellend? Do you do the friendship? I think I would do the, uh, the friendship. The friendship materializes in front of you. As you all embark, the sun finally dips below the distant horizon, setting on you on Arianor, and on Lema. One part of your quest, well, you've answered, if nothing else, but there's still a lot more to find out on the oceans ahead. Hi 
Hi, it's Colin here real quick before we exit. Didn't want to do breakaway in the middle. These are some of my favorite eps and I didn't want to take a bunch of time. Basically, two reminders. One, Patreon. Hit up that Patreon. Two bucks a month keeps the show running and allows you to vote on uh, titles and get you whole bonus episodes from the entrenched thing. But mostly, I do want to remind people that we are now in our Discord going to be creating a community character. Starting today, we are going to be week by week building an NPC as a group. So if you hop in the Discord, DicePopuli.com, there's a link to join there. If you would like, we're starting today by picking the racing class. We'll lock that in a week from today so that by the end of the season, we'll have a new character all our own that may or may not definitely will make an appearance in the show. That's it. Thank you so much. DicePopuli.com, Patreon, Discord, good shit. Here's the jingle in the post credits. Yay! Come was Jonathan Swift? Yeah, it's, it's a thing. Modest proposal. It was like, oh, a, oh, right. I don't know, we don't have to get into it, right, but we're right, near the right. end Let's here. Eat the Irish so there, there aren't any poor people anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If the <laughs> Irish are so hungry, why don't they just eat their own baby? <laughs> but when you drop the friendship into the water by the dock and begin to sail away, there is a sense of completion that is hard to articulate. It's unfortunate that you don't have what you came for, but instead you have something else. And maybe on your way to Burger, you'll learn even more about what Lema meant. I'm trying to think of a good way to end this episode, and I'm coming up short. I don't know. I think that's... You, th you mean better than a modest proposal? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I can find something in there. That Are you sure? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I think that's a good spot.